I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Oh, Rush Nation, before we get into today's show, here's a word from this week's partner. Hi, I'm Renee. Hello, I'm Simon, and together we're writing a very British guide to American football. Our aim is to increase the number of fans of this exciting game with the ultimate goal of having a UK-based NFL team. Our beginner's guide is aimed at anyone you know who doesn't understand what all the fuss is about, someone you would love to share your passion for the game with. It's going to be different, it's going to be quirky, and it's going to be fun. And it will be very British. Uh Uh-oh. Does that mean it will also be stuffy, uptight, and repressed? No. And it won't be over-emotional and loud like some Americans I know. Huh. No longer will friends and family say, I don't get it. Why do those sissies with helmets and pads keep stopping? Our guide will be full-color illustrated and cover the basics, such as rules and gameplay, but it will also discuss American football culture and differences to soccer and rugby, plus a glossary of terms and something super awesome. Yes, included will be a pull-out fun survival guide that they can take maybe to the stadium and be able to follow the game sufficiently after reading in about 10 minutes. So visit us on verybritishguide.co.uk, on Twitter at VeryBritishNFL, or Facebook by searching VeryBritishNFL. Take our survey on our website to be entered in a draw for a free copy of the book when it comes out next year. Thanks for listening. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. And we're back, guys. We are a three ball. Nick's back in the studio. How you doing, Nick? Good, thanks. Good. How you doing, Murph? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. How you, you doing? Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks for asking. They're never Hosts never get asked. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm doing good, thanks. Sparky, how are you? 
Yep, great. Uh, light Lav Bell, Sparky is no long, still not in the building. Welcome into Five Yard Rush, everybody. Go find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Tune in. Tell you what, if you've got a Google Home Assistant, ask Google Home Assistant to play Five Yard Rush podcast. You're welcome. Um, they're available on social medias at Five Yard Rush, and that is now Y A R D Rush. We've gone legit. Wasn't quite as hard as we thought it was. <laughs> Don't know why we delayed three weeks to do no. that. But it's done now. So exciting stuff this week. We've got two pods. Just because how crazy it is, Thursday's pod is going to be a half season review, something like that. We're going to give grades and a. Well, yeah, we're going to give away the um, twelve teams that are going to make the playoffs. So if you want to tune out for weeks uh, nine through seventeen um, and catch up on the rest of your life, then you can because they're nailed on. <laughs> How was your fantasy no weekend, guys? Mine was really good until yesterday. Yeah, buddy. So um, I'd spanked you in the Dynasty League. Yeah, that was weird because before going into Sunday, I was going to absolutely smash you. And you lost by nearly 70 points. Oh, I scored 112 points, I think, in, in a team with two flexes. It was awful. Yeah, you got crashed. But you did ruin my week, my perfect fantasy week. So yeah. I could have gone 6-0, and but I ended up 5-1 and because uh, you crushed me in the Epsom League, which was... Annoying. Tom Brady decided to not turn up last night because it was the Bills, which sucks. But yeah. oh well. Nick, how was yours? Uh, mixed, but generally bad. I think <laughs> uh, on my five leagues, I got, went uh, one and four. Uh, the one that I won, I won very spectacularly, uh, which gave me some comfort. But the uh, the rest were uh, fairly dismal. Most of them were really tight, though. Most of them Did were you like win ten points. The one you won in it was that in the Pandemonium League. It was, yeah. You can't. No one can beat you in that league. Just, yeah, like, no, I, I, that that one is going well. But then I had a disappointment in the uh, in the ESPN league, um, and my dynasty leagues continue to uh, to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of the ESPN leagues, Joe has given up his OG team, so the Miami Goldfish are no longer. And our boy Adam over here stepped in and is now representing the not Miami Goldfish. Not from Are Miami Goldfish. Name? Yeah, not from Miami Goldfish. Okay, nice, I was going to nice. rip the whole franchise apart, but I thought, <laughs> in homage to Joe, I just changed it. I can't represent Miami when I'm uh, an Orlando boy. So That's fair. Um, so not from Miami Goldfish is the new team name. He's not left you in such bad stead either. Are you five and four or something? Like that? Oh. Yeah, five and four. Um, going to make a few moves this week. Fingers crossed. We'll see, but... Um, yeah, got through most of the bye weeks as well. But yeah, in well, good hands. Well, watch this space OG League. I know Josh is particularly interested in that because he's got an absolute beast of a team. Ooh, looking forward to that. Yeah. So this week, well, this week on today's show, I should say, yeah. standard procedure really. We're going to have some news, waivers. We did, sl- so we were going to do one show, <laughs> slim down the waivers, but then we decided to do two. So there might be some off the cuff waiver ads. And there's been some breaking news, sort of recently. Uh, we'll get into that in one second. Murph, hold your horses over. Well, I was just going to say the deadline's in two hours and twenty-four minutes, so we're recording this for full disclosure. At uh, it's now just gone half past five. As you, if you've not worked it out from uh, the timeline I gave you, so there will be some breaking news on trades as we're going through. It'll be breaking to us. And if you're worried about, oh, well, they've missed this trade, it might happen after we've stopped recording. So Yeah, and if you're our keen bean and listen to the podcast before the trade deadline, that's awesome and let us know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so news, waivers, winners and losers. Murph's here with his hit in the streets as usual. We were going to cut that, but we know you love it, Rush Nation, so we've thrown it in again. That's right. Um, and then, yeah, Thursday shows, like we say, going to be half-season review. So without further ado... We might have some breaking news, Murph. 
So uh, we had on the item probably halfway down that Demarius Thomas said uh, it was a 50-50 chance that he would be traded. He gone. But he is gone. It's 100%. He has gone to the Texans for a fourth round pick. They've also, for some strange reason, swapped seventh round picks. I guess the Texans just wanted uh, you know, to give away something a little bit extra for some un- unknown reason. Um, but as a result, Demarius Thomas is a Texan. And the Broncos get rid of some cap. Four million this year, fourteen million next year. Thoughts, Broncos fan over there? Yeah, love it. Cortland Sutton got him stashed in a couple of leagues. Now becomes relevant. You know, WR three probably with upside. He's a go get him. He can definitely jump ball specialist. And if Case Keenum continues to toss balls up, he's got more of a chance of getting it. I think um, great dynasty ad. I mean, he should be owned in all dynasty leagues. Yeah, I'm wearing a Texans jersey, Broncos fan. This is a trade goes both ways from our teams today. Love it. Well, I think it's a proper, proper even trade though, because I mean it's a lot of cap for um, the Broncos to get back, so freeing up, and they've got the future wide receivers. So they do. They're yeah. not, and they're getting a fourth round pick. It's about fair, and for the Texans, they only need a player for a year or two anyway. So they don't need. They've got so many in Cooty and and Will Fuller. They've got young wide receivers who just aren't fit. So. Uh, they're playoff bound hopefully this year well you'll find out on Thursday whether or not they are um, <laughs> we have ultimate say in that <laughs> and uh, so they probably need a little bit more strength and depth and so I think it's a move that suits both parties very very well you just mentioned Kiki Kuti uh, Nick he's one of your waiver ads this week any thoughts on how that might affect him um, well I mean I think given how you have DeAndre Hopkins as kind of the star guy but he's going to get Always tough coverage. Um, I mean, I thought Kiki Kuti was a good shout before this trade came out. I guess Demarius Thomas is unlikely to be available on the wire, but um, probably makes Kiki Kuti a little less uh, exciting. If just that's a great, uh, you know, pick him up. If because he's been playing terribly DT recently. If he is out there, he's a great ad. Just go and check your leagues. Murph's doing it as I'm. As I was looking. I hate that. I'm hosting this podcast. I got both hands busy. I'm actually more just checking to see his ownership. Uh, in the ESPN league that's more what than he's anything. saying 20% is oh is this Demarius Thomas no Demarius Thomas yeah. I'm just curious to see what it is I bet it's in the 90s but do you I don't think it's that high I'm going to go for 77 Nick have you got a guess uh, I think it's high too I think it's 85 85 no I was right 94.1% in the ESPN leagues <laughs> so yeah you're probably not finding him anyway so, yeah. but if you do, if you're in those 5.9% leagues or well, yeah, you're on a different platform, then yeah, as a result, you might end up uh, picking up DT and, and getting some some output from him. But I don't think Cootie's irrelevant. I think Hopkins has got enough. I mean, I know the last couple of weeks his um, attempts have gone right, right down. I guess it's more because of the fact there hasn't been that many players. Cootie's been injured with his hamstring, which is going to be touch and go and and Fuller now we know he's out with the ACL so mm. I think Cootie when he's back fit in a couple of weeks I think will 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 be relevant but I think it's a case of he's a deep stash as opposed to a go and fix now yeah. as a result yeah. of this trade yeah, and DT's if he does play next week he's just going to be a decoy you can't learn the playbook that fast yeah um, I mean he'll be out there next week because they haven't got anyone else or are they on bye should know that everyone's on bye this week isn't they so, uh, no he's playing this week yeah he's not yeah, on yeah. bye my internet has completely stopped in front of me, so I can't get any stats out whatsoever. This is amazing. Thanks, Vodafone. <laughs> you got any more breaking news, anybody? Um, other than Carl Letter getting arrested for some form of traffic incident. So, uh, guess what, Giants fans? 
Plug in Eli. He's going to remain that little bit longer. Woohoo! That's, that's a relevant manoeuvre as well. <laughs> I just felt we had they're, to And they're it. on by this week, so it's even even less... Hashtag time Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Back on the Sanchez train. Right, let's hit some news. Starting with those Browns. When was it? Yesterday? Yesterday, Hugh Jackson got fired. Yep, yep got yeah. fired yesterday afternoon. So yeah, the it's Browns a full rotation of, through the uh, the coordinators. Yeah, they got yeah. gutted. I mean, Hugh Jackson was the first, and Todd Haley followed fairly shortly after. I don't know if their defensive coordinator had been sacked as well. No, no, no. no he's, he's now the over. interim head coach, Greg Williams. Yeah. So you don't have an offense in the first place, and now you hire your defensive coordinator as your head coach. Uh, from watching uh, Hard Knocks, Greg Williams was the standout guy like he's clearly imp- extremely impressive a lot of there's a lot of respect there for him I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on to, to take it over full time I disagree I don't think he's going to I think this is just <laughs> a, a temporary um, he's not I don't think he's been that impressive people will look at the Browns defense and go well they're leading the league in takeaways but some of the play calling on that defensive side of the ball has been really really suspect um, he's done well enough to to get the job and it makes sense he's done the job before Mm. So I completely understand that. At the end of the day, um, the reports on Sunday were, where it was kind of all last week, Hugh and Todd were having an internal discussion. Apparently, Haley was calling plays that uh, Jackson didn't want um, and was going against orders. They got into an internal scuffle and it was going to be the power play who was going to remain and kind of who was going to remain was going to be king. And Jimmy Haslam has decided that that's not the case. And he got rid of them both. And rightfully so, because they were both petulant. And Hugh leaves with the worst ever head coaching record. That's not true. Apparently that's not true. It's not true. I don't know the chap's name. It was a long time ago because the photo was black and white. But he was the (laughs) Eagles head coach. And the only reason he couldn't be fired is because he was also the owner at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So we're talking Super Bowl era. Okay, yeah. so, So, yeah. So in the Super Bowl era... Then he would do. Um, he beats uh, former Buccaneers coach from the eighties. His name just randomly escaped me just then. Who only had seven wins. So uh, Hugh leaves with a final record of uh, three wins, thirty-six losses, and one tie in two and a half seasons, which is a winning percentage of zero point eight eight percent. That's low. That's real low. But big shout to Greg Williams because the first thing he did to replace um, his his job as defensive coordinator was he brought his son in. Which I thought was, was a nice touch. Keep it in a fam. Keep it in the fam. <laughs> keep the money there. And knows that the DC is not going to be a threat to his job if he moves back down to that role under new coaching staff and survives for some random reason. Mm. I feel bad for Hugh Jackson. Like He had a pretty rough start to the season. He lost both his mother and his brother uh, within a week, two, couple of weeks of each other. So it must have been tough for him. I mean, I, I don't think he's the best coach in the world, but I imagine that throws you off to... Well, he's, to had, he's had the best season out of the three this season. And they've been competitive, but... He's a coach, he's not a, a head coach. Do you think this move makes any Browns players fantasy relevant this season? I'd go the other way. I think it makes them completely <laughs> irrelevant. So don't play Baker this week is what you're saying? I wouldn't play anyone. You've got a brand new um, OC in Freddie Kitchens. You've got Greg Williams who's defensive minded. I think it's containment. I think they're. you just don't know what they're going to do for a few weeks. And they, they've given up on the season, which you would do with the record that they've got. So I just don't. I wouldn't touch anybody till you know what's going on. This could be a one-week fix. This could be uh, finding a coach before the end of the season. I think until you know more, I, I'm literally gutting everybody because you just don't know who's calling the plays and what plays are going to get called. So unless you're really desperate and you haven't got a QB and play Baker, or you need 
a tight end and you play in Juku, then yeah, fine, but I wouldn't play anyone. I'm playing Baker this week in Pandemonium 2 quarterback league. <laughs> I have to because Andrew Luck's on bye and there's no one else. Although Fitzmagic, we'll move on to the next bit. Fire, hey. fire those cannons. Yes. <laughs> Great back. He's back. I mean, I don't know if you want to take this one, Murph. I, I do. I'm so happy. Fitzmagic is back. Fitzmagic is real. Nearly got us a, a win against the Bengals. Took us to within a tie with a minute remaining on the clock and they kicked the game-winning field goal. But... In a quarter and a bit, he threw for nearly 200 yards, two touchdowns, threw the extra two-point conversion in there because basically our kicker just can't kick. So it's great seeing back. I think um, we'll get onto a little bit more what this means sort of for the coaching staff and the team because I've got a piece later on on it. But ultimately, there was absolutely no, there was no time to do anything else. Um, and the the dressing room believes that Fitzmagic is the guy to take them forward. Winston threw four picks on on Sunday and he is really struggling. So yeah, I mean that that one in I think it was towards the end of the fir- very end of the first quarter was horrendous. He just threw it straight into the uh, Bengals midfield. I think I mean it was like it was one of the worst passes this season. I've just got some breaking news. Awesome. So breaking news is that Golden Tate is going to the Eagles. Oh, that's lit straight up the next bit of news on our list. <laughs> <laughs> This is why it's relevant. So um, he's going to the Eagles for a third round pick. Just breaking from Adam Schefter and Rap Sheet. Love this. Absolutely love this. Alshon Jeffrey is not a possession receiver. He's you go get it. Golden Tate steps in and it's Carson Wentz throwing him dimes as a possession receiver. And you've got Nelson Aguilar there. So you've now got three very relevant wide receivers there. They're in a very, very tough fight in their conference or in the division even, so um, I think it's a great move. Third round pick, but there is the downside of this trade is it's a rental. A one-year deal. He runs out, his deal runs out at the end of the season. So this is this is it. You're signing him for a third round pick. This guy's gone in January unless you try and re-sign him, which we haven't had anything through. This is literally just broken in the last minute or so, so we'll see what happens. But he said yesterday that he didn't think he was going to get traded, so... Uh, Another one that isn't up to what's going on in his own life in terms of his career. So, well, not not just not just that. I mean, it, it's not up to him predominantly, really, is it? I mean, no, no, it's not. Um, I think it's a good move for him. We saw what happened with Ajay last year. I'm not saying they're going to uh, go back to the Super Bowl, but well, we talked about the wide receivers at Texas earlier. We might as well talk about the Lions wide receivers now. Obviously, Marvin Jones is there. Kenny Golladay takes a jump. It was between Golden Tate was the one or the the, the lock in two, let's say, and then it was between Marvin Jones and Kenny Golladay as to who was the one and three on a week to week basis. Does this now make Kenny Golladay the one or every week? It's a good bet. I think the real person that gets upside from this is Marvin Jones, who had a beast of a day on on Sunday. Yeah, but he's so touchdown dependent. If he doesn't get a touchdown, he's. But I think now he gets more more targets. Do you? Okay. Because now you've got Golden Tate. Golden Tate was leading the Lions in receptions. So there's a lot of targets. He's had 43, I think, so far through the first eight weeks of season. So split that between the the two of them. The majority of those, obviously, the tight end. Oh, Kenyon, carry on Johnson, get some receptions. Oh, I mean, there's going to be enough uh, enough receptions to go around, enough targets. So I think this is good if you've got Golladay, especially if you've got Marvin Jones, who've been really disappointed. This is a big win for you. Definitely. Oh, that, that's, I've got to cut that out. 
definitely. Um, moving on, where are we at? Terrell Pryor has been sp- spotted in Buffalo. I don't know if this is a done deal. It's not a done deal. Uh, this was a couple of days ago he was spotted on Sunday, so uh, he's still a free agent, so this can get done after the trade deadline. So it's not maybe as urgent, but he's been spotted in Buffalo. Maybe that's going to be an option for him, to be perfectly honest. They need wide receivers. Well, this next one shocks me. Dallas Cowboys have fired offensive line coach Paul Alexander on Monday. Assistant O-line coach Mark Colombo will replace Alexander with Hudson Hook. I hope I got your name wrong. Serving as an advisor. The Dallas O-line hasn't been that great. But I heard today Ezekiel Elliott's having a career year. I don't know. Not in terms of yards. So if you take fantasy out of it. So if you make... You know, we like to think everything revolves around fantasy. But at the end of the day... Really nearly does though. It does really nearly. But in the case of... (laughs) In the case of Zeke, it it, it doesn't. He's had a, a... He's had an absolutely massive year in terms of share, in terms of carries. You know, he's not put up the yards because the O-line aren't creating the holes uh, as well. So, Zeke is doing everything he can. I've I've watched him a few times. He's played out of his skin. If you had the Rams O-line and you had Zeke, based on the way he's playing, he rivals Gurley in so, terms of production interesting I was having a conversation with one of the guys at work today about just how good Gurley is and he said that he's new in, quite new to the NFL and he was saying that Gurley could be this good wherever he goes and I was saying it's running backs are dependent on O-line yeah massively that, so if you put Zeke in the Rams O-line do you think he's better than Gurley I think it's close I really think it's close I think where Gurley probably has the edge is maybe on the receptions. Do you think? I think Zeke's got better hands than Gurley. I think he has better hands, but don't forget he's been working with an inferior quarterback for so long that I think Gurley mm. is slightly better in terms of where he's at and the, the dependence that they have and the trust that they have in him. And I think if you know, if Zeke built up to that, it'd be pretty close. I think, for me, there's not the big gap that the fantasy points and the lines say. I think you had to do something about this offensive line. And it's a bit harsh in the sense of there's a lot of injuries to that O-line. Yeah. It's traditionally been the best O-line in football for years. And it's a bit tough because they've got so many freak injuries and illnesses on that line. They've lost some unbelievable Pro Bowl talent on that line. Um, if anyone watched the All or Nothing series last year on, on the Cowboys, you would know this. So it's, it's difficult, but it is about results. And that O-line has not been good, the second string. And they have to change something. I don't know why changing the... The coach is going to do it for me. I would have probably tried to pick up some players or yeah. or rebuild for next year or something. Maybe but. they're thinking new broom sweeps clean. Maybe I don't know. Nick, if you had one of the running backs behind the Rams O line, who are you picking, Zeke or Gurley? Yeah, I think Gurley. I mean, you've got to go on what you see, right? Like, I mean, season to date, I mean, Gurley's been unstoppable. Uh, like, I, I don't think you you change it on that. I mean, my guess on the Dallas move is like, uh, just reading a quote from Jerry Jones. Like, he reckons that they they are still in the play for this season they are wanting to make things better it's not a kind of move for the future it's a move for the right now um, so I, I think that's what they're, what's they're, what they're attempting to do there so they're 3 and 4 at the moment which isn't great I don't know how they're sitting in the division wait till Thursday you'll find out yeah <laughs> we'll do an overview on Thursday where they sit um, I think it's going to be a tall order again I think they've got much bigger problems than just the O-line I think they're bad in a lot of places so I think this is almost like a scapegoat kind of piece, but I'm more interested to see what happens with Paul, uh, with 
Jason Garrett at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. third in the division. Third in the division. Yeah, but it's fairly tight. The Redskins five and two, Eagles four and four, Cowboys three and four. Oh, that so is a tough division. Yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, listen Thursday. We'll tell you all about it. And then there's the Giants. <laughs> Talking of the Giants, uh, Eli Manning's consecutive start streak is in danger. Well, it was when writing this, but mate, your boy's just been arrested, so carry on, Eli. The next bit is Demarius Thomas's is 50-50, but we just found out he's been traded to the Texans. This is how difficult recording a podcast is, guys. We've spent today putting these notes together, and by the time we've got into the studio, all hell was broken loose and it's changed. Yeah. The next one is straight up, and that's Mahomes setting record pace at halfway in the NFL season. He became the fourth QB in history with 25-plus passing TDs. The Manning's the first one. Uh, Brady's the first one, isn't he? With something like 40 or on the all-time list this far in the season. Um, Tom Brady had 30 in yeah. uh, 2007. Then Manning had 29 in 2013. He also had 26 in 2004. So all three... Um, set the all-time season season single TD record, and all three won the MVP. So put your money on Mahomes to win the MVP. Yeah, it, whatever whatever it's at, just just take it. Um, I think there's two players for me that rival Mahomes, and that's Gurley, who we've mentioned, and, and Drew Brees. I think outside of them, no one's got a shot. Nick, have you got slack open in front of you? Uh, I do. Would you like to take the next bit of news? Sure. Uh, Adam Vinatieri uh, made history on Sunday, uh, and with his 25-yard field goal against the Oakland Raiders on Sunday, he became the NFL's all-time leading scorer, surpassing Hall of Fame kicker Morton Anderson with 2,544 points. Yeah, it was nice. Um, Morton Anderson did a bit for Red Zone as well. I don't know if anyone saw that. He was on the golf course and he congratulated Adam Vinatieri for passing his yardage before I thought and he said he said one day you'll get one of these badges and he was in his Hall of Fame jacket so I thought that was quite a nice touch I like that the real key thing to note about this is the game wasn't stopped to give him a certificate I was just going to say that so maybe that's reserved for Drew Brees and Drew Brees only well Drew Brees is Drew Brees the Saints (laughs) interestingly a bit of of trivia for you of the all time leading non-kickers so I'll tell you it's Jerry Rice uh, what do you think his points are versus the 2,544? What do you think Jerry Rice scored as, uh, oh, as a wide receiver? 1,200-something. That's a ridiculously good guess. It's 1,256. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't better that. <laughs> Murph strikes again. Lightning. Um, so this is once again proof that kickers don't matter. Nice. Love that. Kickers do not matter. London to host four games next year. Two at Wembley, two at Tottenham. Scratch that, all four at Wembley. <laughs> Tottenham don't complain because the pitch is terrible. Sort your life out and then you won't have to play on a Wembley pitch that's just been torn up by the greatest ball sport. Not as terrible as the Rams pitch this week. Did you see that? Because USC had played the night before at the Coliseum and there was still the USC and the uh, whatever uh, league that they're in for Pac-12 logos on the pitch. And they had two sets of numbers as well, didn't they? Because they had the college-painted numbers and the... It's crazy, so... I don't know why they have different numbers. Surely, different styles of font, I guess, but surely they could just keep it for that one game. Just play with the USC numbers. It's something to do with there's an official regulation print. Is that right? So all NFL teams have the same print? Yeah, in terms of... Oh. And the, just what's on the pitch and and everything else, and it's the same with the same styling and, and everything. All it's all uniformed. It's all tied into the brand. And I think there's also some 
other things in terms of the markings and computer analysis that picks it up, I think, is all tied into that as well. Um, that makes sense. But they also throw different balls as well. Yeah, but yeah. Talking of pitches, I've got an interesting stat here. You know Boise State play on a blue pitch? Do I didn't know that. So, <coughs> Boise State play on a blue pitch, and they own the rights to play on a coloured pitch. So in order to play on a coloured pitch in college, you have to pay Boise State to do so. There's eight teams in college. <laughs> that's, that, so, that's the most American thing I've ever heard. Yeah, but there's eight teams that have painted their field and now pay Boise State for the privilege. <laughs> no, what is that all about? Is that any colour except for presumably green? Yeah. So I think football pitch is green and then Boise State have got the patent on coloured pitches. So if it's not green, you're paying Boise State. At what, at what point does like, turquoise breach contract? I think probably from emerald NFL green. <laughs> anything other sh- Any other shade of the world. Like you go on the Dulux thing, get your book out. No, Boise State own that. <laughs> that links into like a really niche and obscure soccer fact that I have, um, which I will share on another podcast and not today because we've got so much to get through. Yeah, we are smashing through. We're like nearly at half hour already. Um... Yeah, so London hosting four games. McCoy is not sure if he'll be traded as of today. Well, so there's three of them that predicted they weren't sure or only 50-50, and two of them are gone in Tate and Thomas. So this says in the next two hours he's going to go. Yeah, good odds. Any more news of note, chaps? Nope. Nope. No, but I'm sure if uh, Schefter or Rapsheet tweet, then we'll break whatever we're doing. They're not as fast as Sleeper. They are not as fast asleep, asleep, apparently. That's what we're finding out. Let's move on to the waivers. I've got Murph's in front of me. Quarterback, Murph, where you at? Uh, There's only one quarterback. Fire those cannons! It is Ryan Fitzmagic. I'm not saying he's going to be in all season. In fact, I doubt he's going to be in all season. Oh, well, let's make a call right now. Yes or no, rest of the season? No. Okay. (laughs) I think he's in for at least the next three games. Unless he has an absolute stinker or he gets injured. That's my... Asterix. Okay. By Stinker, I mean he gets beat by like 30 points and throws like 3 or 4 TDs. Um, INTs. What's his matchup this week? So he's against Carolina in Carolina. So tough game on the road. But he's proven on the road that he can deliver big wins. He's already won against the Saints. He very nearly came back from an 18-point deficit in the near fourth quarter against the Bengals. Do you think the Bengals gave up in that? They just stopped. They had 300 yards before half-time and then... This I, I I think it's one of the rare times that the Bucks defense stood up. So the they had 150 odd r- yards of rushing in the first half. In the second half, they had 22. Shut down Joe Mixon. So they, they did. just completely shut down Joe Mixon. They made Dalton throw the ball, and he couldn't do it. Uh, JPP got more sacks. There was more pressure. It's that kind of desperation, all or nothing. And I think there was an element of protecting the football and not giving it away. But you know, in the second half, their their series they had six. Uh, possessions, five punts, and then the game-winning field goal. So I think the Bucks defense stood up. But Ryan Fitzmagic, you know, he's he's setting record-breaking numbers, Hall of Fame numbers. In fact, that's why he's ended up in the Hall of Fame for his jersey for three consecutive 400-yard games. He's a TD machine. It doesn't matter who he's playing. He's got so much experience. It was difficult conditions, and he, he still put up two TDs in, in a quarter. He's completely fantasy relevant in the leading offense in the NFL. So get. Get on him. He's six percent owned in ESPN leagues. So Talking, if you're there and you've got the the first or second waiver pick, this is the guy. Talking of Fitz Magic, Nick, he was your long shot. Who's your standard shot? My standard shot is Derek Carr. So so far he's been uh, pretty weak, I think, certainly versus expectations at the beginning of the season. We had a decent Sunday uh, last week with uh, 21 of 28 completions for 244 yards and, and three touchdowns against the Colts. And it, and I like him for this week. He's uh, 
up against the 49ers who have a pretty terrible pass defence I think the third worst in the league and it probably would be even worse if they hadn't uh, been against the Cardinals twice already <laughs> um, and also with uh, with beast mode out I think um, uh, the Raiders are going to be relying on the pass game even more so uh, I like him just for this matchup yeah he looked good this weekend no denying that my waiver I've gone for Alex Smith now this is as pretty much as boring as a waiver pickup as you can get but the boy has a safe floor He's only 43% owned in ESPN leagues, and they've got the Falcons coming to town. Now, this is going to be one hell of a shootout because the Falcons' D is pretty terrible, and if the Falcons the Falcons can put points on the board, the Redskins are going to have to reply. The Falcons have also given up the second most passing yards and touchdowns in the league, so he's not going to score you 35 points, but he's going to get you between 15 and 22, 23, I think. So if you're looking for a safe waiver pick up this week if you're on, especially if you've been using Andrew Luck or someone of that ilk then yes he's a safe waiver ad this week running backs Nick uh, I've got Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Barber here um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not the most exciting one but it's increasingly tough to find uh, serviceable running backs on the waiver wire he's only 45% owned in, uh, in ESPN leagues I don't think he's going to blow you away but uh, and he's got a tough matchup against Carolina but uh, given the lack of options I think he's alright this week yeah, Murph, you also have him. Any more notes on Peyton Barber? So, uh, Royal Jones is going to be out for a few weeks with a hamstring injury, so he is going to get um, all the carries. So the, the thing to think about here is he's not going to give you 100 yards. He's got back-to-back 80-yard-plus rushing games, which is decent. It's not a, a run-heavy offense, but the goal-line opportunities he could get in this game when there's no other back that's going to challenge him for them, I think he becomes relevant. It, I would say he's a flex at best in the sense of he's not going to give you really high points, but if you can get 80 yards and a, and a touch like he did last week, then you know you take that and you flex, especially with this buy-heavy week that we've got. So I think it's it's worth a punt. I wouldn't say that he would be my sort of first... It's what I've got on the list, but I think it's such a, a, a weak waiver for running backs there's not really that many options so mm. I think it is him or, or very little else I've just been asked by Josh in our OG league and Dynasty how high do you rate Gurley in Dynasty first overall uh, yes mate don't ever trade him if you own Todd Gurley there isn't a price high enough at the moment you I, can pay for Gurley I see I disagree with that no no actually that's not true if someone comes at you with a stupid offer you take it but you can't replace Gurley's production at the moment so, I mean, if someone was to offer you Melvin Gordon and... Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Then, yeah, you take that. But otherwise, it, it's a pretty high price to pay. You are going to give up a lot for Gurley. Yeah, I agree with that. I've got two running backs. Now, my first one is horrendously smelly. I had to play him this week, and it's Doug Martin, Raiders running back. He's 53% owned, but he's got full first and second down work in... Stop shaking your head, Murph. It's, like Nick said, it is a horrendously deep running back pool to pick from. To be fair, he got 72 yards off 13 carries and got you 8.5 points in PPR. And if you are dying at that position, it's not, you know, it's better than David and Juku and uh, Uzumar's donut they gave you this week. Oh, I, look, I agree with that, but I still would rather take Jalen Rashad. Yeah, but Jalen Rashad is owned a lot more owned. He's like over 65% owned, and that was after last week. So. Just, I'm just saying, Doug Martin is a real smelly one. And then my, so I've gone, for, I've got another one. Because we've got a bit more time. I agree with this. 
Elijah Maguire, he's 9% owned. Bilal Powell's out for the season and Maguire is coming back off the IR. Now, Maguire has been practicing for two to three weeks and he was touted at the beginning of the season as possibly a committee back with Crowell with Palau, Palau? Bilal Powell possibly being cut. They like they rate him and if he wasn't injured, he would have seen a high workload already. Now, I wrote about him at the beginning of the season in Jets Fantasy Sleepers for my DHS post. I know, apologies boys, I haven't written a piece in weeks, but I've been busy. I really like Maguire. He's young, explosive, looked really good in the preseason, and as a dynasty pickup, I don't think there's a running back higher in priority than him this week. I think the biggest clue on him, he was quite an easy cut candidate when he got injured. Pay an injury settlement. Because you had Crowell and you had Powell. You could have very easily cut him. They didn't cut him, which says they see a real big value in him. And now, now that Powell's gone, that's it. Yep. So he is going to get a lot of production. Third down back. I think he's goal line back as well. He's touched. He's touchdown dependent. But again, in a position that's so weak for me, I would say he's probably the best shout out there over Barber. Yeah, and there's no fear of him not playing this week after coming off the IR. He's, he's been ready, but he's not been allowed to play. They've nursed him. They they value him very highly. Yeah. All the coaching staff and and you know at the end of the day, Donald needs help. Yeah, it's proven over the last few weeks. I think this is a great pickup and a real steal. I wouldn't put him at waiver priority one. Um, I think you can get better value out of Fitz and some of the wide receivers we're going to come to, and, and maybe even tight end if you're really suffering. There's a couple of really obvious ones, but. I definitely think he is one for waiver priority four or five unless you're really desperate in this position. No doubt. Wide receivers, who have we got? Murph. I, this for me is my... Until Fitzmagic was available, this was my absolute stonewall. Number one, spend most of your fab budget on him. Is DJ Moore the Panthers, 10.4% owned in ESPN leagues. He is getting more and more prolific. It's a slow start. He was a sleeper at the start of the year um, as a rookie. It was kind of between him and Ridley, who's going to break out first. Ridley kind of broke out ahead of him. Uh, but he is really, really exciting. He's, his targets have increased over the last four weeks. And he's also had more and more touchdowns, more and more production. They're playing the Bucks this week. Carolina's schedule, especially running up to the championship games, it's tasty. is really tasty. And this boy, is he's overtaken Funches for me. Funches is, is almost fantasy irrelevant. He's been on one of my rosters for a while. Drop it like it's hot. Oh, he's, he's being dropped this week. But at the end of the day, DJ Moore is the guy you want. So uh, spend, I, I if you've got fat budget, get straight one. on that. Yeah, I have exactly. I have the same guy. Um, look, I mean, actually, in two of the dynasty leagues that I'm, he's already he's well gone because he was uh, kind of a, a rookie, and he, I think we went 24th in the draft. So, like, it was in dynasty, he was maybe less available. But yeah, 10% owned. Tory Smith inactive. Took a big role in week eight. Five receptions, or no more. I think seven receptions, 127 yards. Doing well. I'd pick him up. Yeah, and you own him as well in our dynasty. I do, I do, yeah. <laughs> toot toot. Yeah, he's he's definitely the must add for the week. He's my wide receiver. Well, he's my probably my priority one or two, depending on which league I'm in. Nice. You've also got another more there, Murph. Yeah, David Moore. So he's uh, even lesser owned, two point seven percent owned. So in his last three games, he's had four TDs and nearly two hundred yards with the Seahawks. So, I mean, you're talking about this is almost wide receiver one numbers. Yeah, but he's playing better than Baldwin. Baldwin has admitted that he is hobbled. Yeah. And 
I'm still wheeling him out there in his damn wheelchair because it's all I've got. <laughs> and, and, and the thing to note, and there were some people that, that started dropping Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson, statistically over his career, has always been much stronger in the second half of seasons than the first half of seasons. Yep. He's always been a slow starter. People got really agitated. People thought this team was garbage. They're pulling out wins. They dominated the Lions on Sunday. David Moore is, um, you know, again... If, if DJ Moore wasn't out there, this would be my, my wide receiver one pickup because his numbers are brilliant and I don't see them declining uh, in the coming weeks unless they break a trade in the next two hours, which I can't imagine they would. Nothing yet. Oh, hang on. There is a sleeper bot announcement here. Um, ESPN's Jeff Darlington reports LaShawn McCoy is not expected to be traded ahead of the deadline. Pretty sure we said that already. Yeah. Get with the game, Get with the son. Uh, Nick, anything you want to say on Kiki Kuti after we mentioned him earlier? Yeah, just a, qu- a quick mention. I think probably I don't know if you agree, but I think his, his kind of fancy values decreased a little bit with with the, with the Demaris Thomas trade. Um, but look, I, I mean, if you're desperate, then he's out there. He's twenty percent owned. Yep, I've got two. Murph's got one of these as well. My first one is Devante Parker, Dolphins wide receiver. He's thirteen percent owned. We bigged him up last week, and he went off. Uh, don't want to blow our trumpet too much, but we also smashed through with the Bengals DST, the Chiefs DST. Um, we had quite a few really solid pickups, but Devontae Parker was the one that we got some blowback on, thinking, "How can you tip this guy?" And he had another great day. So, in they were saying, in sixty percent of his games, he's played as a professional. He's had at least sixty yards. In. So yeah, there's can, only like elite receivers ahead of him in that. Yeah, there's only so you're talking about the only people with better stats than him are your Julio Joneses, OBJ, Hopkins, Evans. We're talking about absolute superstars uh, and uh, and Green as well. Yeah. So so if he plays, he's normally pretty good. Yeah. So there's obviously that standoff. He was trade bait potentially. Not heard anything come through. Maybe Gaze decided, but also there's no wide receivers around there. No. You've got him and Amendola in the slot. That's yeah. it. There isn't anyone else there, so yeah, he's I mean, going to get a lot of snaps. Yeah, if Kenny Stills misses, then Parker is one of the only weapons in a floundering Finns offense. Hundred percent. It's it's only a fitness question with him if he can yeah. stay fit, as it's always been. But yeah, you've got to you got this is a must add everywhere if you yeah. can. And they take on a Jets whose secondary is <laughs> soft as an easy jet seat. So <laughs> go get them, Parker. Uh, I've got another one here. It's a real deep one. It's Josh Reynolds of the Rams. Now he got two TDs this weekend doubled his career touchdowns um, and I'm, I'm not sure whether that means he had none or whether he had two and he's now got four I'm guessing it means he had two and got four this is completely and utterly dependent on Cooper Cup if Cooper Cup plays Josh Reynolds is back on the waivers and you'll never hear his name again if he doesn't anybody in this Rams offense can score and as Josh Reynolds proved this weekend go get him if you're in a 16 league team deep real deep or in bye week hell if you had a real poor draft and drafted everybody in week 9 then <laughs> this isn't a bad ad no absolutely definitely one to think about tight ends Nick we've got Vance McDonald here um, so he's been extremely consistent so far uh, but remains only 50% owned um, I think he's had 45 yards or more in 4 out of his 6 games that he's played so far um, had a big 112-yard week against Tampa Bay in uh, in week three and is on the road at Baltimore next week. But if you're short of tight end or suffering because of injuries or bye weeks at the position, seems like a decent option. Nice, love that. Murph? So I've got one that's uh, pretty obvious, I think, for me. Jack Doyle, 32% owned. 
Um, yeah, I think if he's out there, he's got to be priority one. Mm, I've been playing him the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you yeah. think he's 32% owned, so he, he should be free in most of your leagues. Um, he's a yeah, tight end one going forward. I mean. Absolutely. Ebron will, will go back into the, the shadows now. So first game since week two, led the Colts in targets, receptions and receiving yards. Six balls, 70 yards and also a TD. So this is exactly what you want. It's what I've been saying all along. If you can get someone off waivers for 10 plus points, that's all you want out of your tight end Because you, unless you've got one of the elite three. So Jack Doyle for me is as good as anyone you can get out there. So definitely a must add. If, if he's free, this is a, a high waiver priority in a position that is incredibly weak and difficult to get any consistent production out of. Yeah, I've got two, just because I like to stretch the boundaries. <laughs> My first one is Eric Dixon, 1% owned, comeback off injury, and the Seattle offense used him in a big way. Yes, he had two catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, but they looked his way more often than this, and Seattle was suddenly firing, um, like you say, with Russell Wilson's second half production better than first. Eric Dixon is not a bad ad. And then this next one, you know, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'm going to say it a third time. Go get Chris Herndon of the Jets if you need a reliable eight-point tight end. He had one catch, but it went for a touchdown. He's had three TDs in as many weeks, and he's a high-end tight end too now. If you're in a deeper league, and he's definitely not owned, because I think he's 6%, yeah, 6% owned. And if you get a tight end and one or two catches, and you're at eight to ten points, like Murph said, Chris Herndon is your boy. And if he gets more, I'm going to have to go and get a Jet shirt with his name on the back just because I've read this kid. DSTs. Now, we, Nick and I... Oh, hang got... on, I had one more sort of sleeper tight end I didn't oh, put we, on here. We do love a sleeper tight end. This is really deep, really niche. Um, and it's actually going to be Michael Roberts of the Lions. Last week. We said to go get him last week. We said to get him last week and he didn't do anything at all. No. Laid another goose egg like many tight ends last week but the real key thing here their matchup this week is against the Vikings and he is the red zone target for Stafford so although he got you know a goose egg he was targeted in the red zone um, it didn't happen he's going to continue to get targets in the red zone I think especially now Tate's gone because Tate was sort of the other guy that would get a lot of the red zone catches you don't really see Golladay or Jones or Jones was the guy this week just gone but I think Michael Roberts he is going to be an absolute boom or bust. He's 1.4% owned in fantasy leagues. Uh, he was 0% owned last week. <laughs> yes, so again, someone listened. we're going to claim that 1.4%. <laughs> oh, yeah, we claim the whole thing, but definitely jump back on. I think he's definitely uh, going doubling to be down. someone. Yeah, doubling down. Yeah, doubling down. Let's go again because I know he laid a goose egg, but I fancy him to get a, a, a touch this week against the Vikings. Nice. Nick and I have the same DST. So, Nick, who have we got? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs up against Cleveland this week. Um, it's been a mu- they've been a sort of much criticised defence and have paled versus the the Chiefs' offence, obviously. Uh, but have racked up 14 sacks, two defensive touchdowns in the last two games. Mayfield has been all over the place. Sometimes he's spectacular. Sometimes he's a disaster. So it feels like the kind of uh, the kind of offence that uh, that the um, the Chiefs might be able to benefit from this week. Yeah, absolutely. Mayfield's thrown six picks in five starts. Interestingly, the Chiefs, they are allowing 5.2 yards a carry, but that isn't going to matter when the Chiefs absolutely destroy the Browns early on and the Browns won't be able to run the ball. They'll have to start throwing it. And then, like Nick says, the Chiefs should get their ears pinned back and get after Mayfield. That could be the only concern in that game. It could be such a blowout that they could just drop off the intensity levels and they could give up the garbage time points. That's the only thing. But I fired them up last week. They were... They're, mm. they're a sneaky better defense than they get credit for. So if you look at any of the stats, 
they're actually considered quite poor bottom half of the league um, defense in fantasy. Their fan, their uh, defensive DST six. Interesting. Because they get turnovers, they get sacks, they get pressures. They just give up big plays. They're so, going to be a, a key side to keep your eye on over the next few weeks because I mean it's going to determine the Chiefs' playoff possibilities. There, yeah. Absolute one. When they start playing against some real quarterbacks. Murph, you've got one. Too. Yeah, I've I've gone for the Forty Niners D. So. They're less than 4% owned. Their next two games are Oakland and the Giants. So the tank masters themselves. <laughs> so for me, I know you've got Derek Carr as a shout and I think he, he will he'll definitely get some production. But I think at the end of the day, there's they've not given up that many points all season. They've not had too many blowouts. And then the fact that you've got the Giants afterwards, I think this is a great opportunity to get some points on the board um, they'll get some sacks they'll get some pressures I don't rate either of these O-lines at all and I think you can get at both quarterbacks and rack up the points and sacks so you might lose some points on the uh, scores but I can definitely see turnovers both of these quarterbacks are subject to turnovers and both of these quarterbacks are subject to getting sacked a lot so for me plug in the 49ers you can keep them a couple of weeks until they're by and you're laughing from there sweet who's your kicker of the week Murph? kicker this week is Mason Crosby so a lot of people got rid of him thinking he was going to get cut. I was pretty convinced he was going to get cut. He should he have been five cut, kicks really. In, in one day. So at the end of the day, he's 36% owned. Um, and he made some really, really good kicks against the, the the Rams last week, including a 50-yarder. He's against the Patriots, so he they will be in a shootout mode. He will get points. He will launch. And for me, he's an absolute elite option. If you want to be really sneaky... I think the Buccaneers are going to make a move at kicker this week. I would expect it to be Kairos Santos. So at the end of the day, worth a punt because again, Buccaneers kickers will make points as long as they actually make the kicks. Nice, right, boys? Let's smash through these winners and losers. Murph, you are first on the list. Carry on talking, brother. Right. So for me, I've picked as a I picked as a winner. I've picked the entire Browns organization. I think this is a really positive move that was long overdue. They've been making strides for a couple of years now, stashing draft picks, trading away dead wood, um, getting themselves a lot of picks to get a lot of talent. They've got an absolutely stacked roster with talent. It just needs the right coaching. Hugh's not the guy. The losing culture had to go. And at the end of the day, it's a good thing now that they've gone. They can take this half a season to clear the decks and build a new culture. They, I'm, I'm 100% convinced that if Hugh and Todd Haley had not been in charge this year and it had been a new combination, I'm convinced they win more than two games. Oh, no I doubt. Everything yeah, down to the play calling and the tactics and, and the way they played and the, just the overall culture of going 1-15 and 15 and 0-16. And and so for me, this is a great move. They will improve. They will be definitely a team to watch next year. No doubt. Fire mm-hmm. those cannons. Might as well. Dirk Cutter's a loser. Absolutely. Dirk Cutter for me... When you are having a quarterback controversy in a hot seat year, you're in trouble. He was bought in because of his relationship with Jameis Winston as an OC. And the failure of Winston over over his tenure is the reason he's going to get fired. He's not developed this year. This was supposed to be his career year. He's now being benched for a 35-year-old veteran, as impressive as he is in Fitzmagic. And I love him, and I think the entire league loves Fitzmagic. He makes the Bucks nationally relevant, whereas Jameis doesn't do it. I, I don't know if Jameis goes at the end of the year. I don't know if, if he gets his new option, which has been sort of offered to him. I don't know what's going to happen, but I tell you now, 
unless Fitzmagic wins seven games between, or six, maybe six, but definitely seven games out of the remaining nine, Dirk Cutter loses his job because he's not done what he was hired to do, which was to make Jameis Winston the franchise quarterback that he clearly isn't. So I think this is it. This is the last stand. He had to play Fitzmagic because he gives them the best chance to win on Sunday. Straight up. So he, I can see him losing his job, 100%. I'll jump in here, Nick, because your list is quite substantial. <laughs> uh, I'll start with my loser because it tacks onto what Murph was saying. And my loser is Jameis Winston. Through four picks, like Nick said, one of them was absolutely abysmal. It hit the Bengals defender straight in the numbers and Murph's got his head in his hands. That says it all. Fitzmagic came in, looked good. And let's be honest, um, and he's been named the starter this week already. So, James Winston, throw four picks, lose your starting job. He's, he's throwing ten in three and a half games. Yeah. Well, whoever the Bucks play, start the opposing D if James is playing. Yeah. Uh, my winner is Sammy Watkins. Hello, number 14 in Kansas. Now, we mentioned Mahomes is, what, the fourth or fifth fastest uh, in eight games touchdowns. That's he's not going to slow down. Let's be honest. He takes on a soft Browns team in turmoil. I mean, obviously the Browns D's okay, but it takes a real dam of a size unit to stop Mahomes and his weapons. And Watkins gets a bump this week because Tyreek Hill is dealing with a groin injury. Now we should have mentioned this in the news. Apologies, but we like to keep something back. Make sure you listen till the end. And Tyreek Hill's groin injury should keep him out one to two weeks. This is the same sort of thing that Alan Robinson's been dealing with, and he was ineffective against the Patriots, and then they left him out this week. So they should be cleverer with Hill. Leave him out. Sammy Watkins has got the talent. Drafted ahead of OBJ in the draft, and. Yeah, this week he had 104 yards with a touchdown. Him and Kelsey should see a bump in targets against the Browns unless it's an absolute train wreck early. And then Kareem Hunt will be a bit of damage and Spencer Ware will come in and save Kareem Hunt's leg. So, yeah, I really like... Yeah, so before last week's games, I traded away Sammy Watkins in one of my leagues. Um, And so this is a trade which I think you do all day. So I sent uh, Sammy Watkins and James Conner and received Gronk plus Juju. Yeah, all day. Which is a trade I think you always do, but it's not worked out so far. Murph's not sure. I just don't think trading Connor... Is it a redraft league? Uh, no, it's a one season. Yeah, redraft. Yeah, it's a redraft league. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, he's got Gronk and Juju. Gronk's crop, though. He's... Yeah, well, he's... Yeah. What did he score last night, 16? Yeah, he had a good week. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and what happens when Bell comes back? There's several connotations. But I think, if, yeah, in a redraft yeah. league, I think it makes more sense if it has been. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about trading sure. Connor for Dynasty. You absolutely pick my pocket. Absolutely <laughs> pick my pocket. You were like, oh, well, live just, on the live on the pod. Just give him to me. I've got Bell. Be a nice fella. And to be fair, I did a gentleman's agreement, and I should have just been an absolute thief. <laughs> I should have been a horrendous human being, not traded you, and then. But then, if that had happened, you might have walked out of my life, and this might have just been me and Nick. Exactly that. Oh, and, and Spark. No, not Sparky. Oh, and don't forget, you know, you've got that third round pick next year. Yeah, can't wait to not draft anyone good or relevant <laughs> with that. And Devontae Parker, who's one of your big shouts, so, you know. Yeah, but. All sunshine and roses. No, never. Quality street over roses every day. <laughs> this is, yeah, we're cracking on now. <laughs> Time wise. Nick, don't worry about it. We've got a while. Winners and losers, please, sir. Well, I'll, I'll get through them uh, relatively quickly. Um, my winner this week is James White. Um, so he's... I, in t- two years ago in the Super Bowl, 14 receptions and a game-winning touchback in overtime against the Falcons. Yet somehow he's just not really a household name. At the beginning of the season, he was kind of an irrelevance behind Rex Burkhead and, and Sony Michel. Both of them, obviously, in injury problems. 
It's always tough to predict the uh, the Pats backfield, but I mean James White is just going about his business like a professional. I think and had had a great week last week. Caught uh, ten of his thirteen targets. Um, I think he uh, and was sort of stellar in the in the, the Patriots win against the Bills. Guess what uh, PPR rank uh, running back James White is? Three. No, I, oh, that's high. I'm going to say like six. It's five. five. Yes, I think you're in one guess. <laughs> Thanks, Russ Nation. That's all. See you next time, no, Jacob. Carry on. And, and then, then my other winner. I talked last week a bit about uh, quarterbacks being a general winner. This week, I've got multifunctional quarterbacks, which is the name I'm giving to them. I was watching uh, the Saints game this week. Uh, Taysom Hill just seemed to be doing everything. In the previous game, he'd had uh, 23 snaps, of which 22 were running plays. First snap this week, he throws a 44-yard, which was kind of caught by Michael Thomas. I mean, it definitely wasn't caught, but it was given. It wasn't uh, challenged we'll because that. Uh, the Vikings ran out of challenge. Oh, wait, sorry, Nick, to bust in here. He had 23 snaps last week. Yeah, as in yeah. under center, he took 23 yeah, yeah. snaps. Well, uh, no, he was tw- he was on the pitch 23 times, which is different because right. he's lined up as a receiver or he lined up as a running back. Um, he's just the kind of. Swiss Army knife of, of quarterbacks, um, and, and hence the uh, the the reason for kind of calling out these these multifunctional QBs. I guess um, Cam Newton is kind of the the blueprint for it, um, and and Lamar Jackson, I suppose, at Baltimore. Another, and I know he's one of your favourites. But yeah, um, but don't don't get me started. <laughs> Murph absolutely hates him. They can't throw a ball. Yeah, okay. you, can't, you can't be a quarterback and, and not be able to throw a regulation sized ball. Did he not throw one this week? Okay, he threw one regulation-sized ball this week. No, I'm sure it was a touchdown. <laughs> I, I didn't see. If he did, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, uh, you've done one of the with one with Taysom Hill. Sean Payton was kind of taking the Mickey. I mean, he was just over. There was these gimmicks. There was a, a point where he had three quarterbacks on the field: uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, and Taysom Hill all lined up on the same uh, same snap. Um, I think uh, George Edwards, the uh, the Vikings coordinator, saw it coming a mile away, and it was just a running play. But um, oh yeah, so so anyway, that's what I'm calling out this week. Um, this is why I hate Sean Payton. As you can tell, <laughs> Sean Payton has never played fantasy football in his life. He's never played it. He's got no desire. In fact, I think. He's I, mean, I, I think football. I think that's what you want from a. a, a yeah. Well, I mean, you want you want Sean Payton as your head coach. <laughs> you, you don't care whether he likes fantasy or not. No. What is Taysom Hill doing? Like, I don't understand. I, I mean, you're not developing him if you're playing him in three different positions. You pick one position. And you I think he'll take over from Drew Brees. It's my. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and I don't think you can complain too much about the Vikings' offensive production on on fantasy. No. Uh, and then my loser is just Hugh Jackson, fearfully guy. It's probably the end of his NFL career. I can't see him getting another job. Probably not. Well, Rush Nation, it's that time of week again. Murph, over to you. Let's hit the streets. Yeah, so it was a bit thin this week, to be perfectly honest. There were some interesting stats. Uh, this one is my absolute favourite. Um, I love pulling up complete humdingers that are slack, you know, a cross between irrelevant and slash really topical. So I found this stat before Hugh Jackson was sacked on Monday and had sent it to a uh, friend of the pod, Jack, and it was, and I've amended it now to read true to Jackson himself, which is the last six Browns head coaches. So that's uh, Crennel, McGinney, Shermer. Uh, Kudzinski, Pettin, and now Jackson were fired after the second Steelers game of the season. And Jack replied back to me saying, well, yeah, it's probably been much later in the season. And lo and behold, an hour later, off goes Hugh. So clearly you can tell when Brown's coaches are getting sacked. Second game against the Steelers in a losing season. Bet your money on the coach going because that's when they do it. Same blueprint, but just thought it was a very funny stat. Um... 
the Bears. Now, stick with me on this one, and if you're still scratching your head at the end of it, I don't blame you, because I, <laughs> I, I, I definitely was. So, entering Week 7, the 3-2 the and two Bears were in sole possession of first place in the NFC North. After losing to the Patriots, they dropped to last place. In last place, entering Week 8, the Bears defeated the Jets and are now back in sole possession of first place in the division. Crazy. What a crazy, crazy, crazy division. And then the last stat is with uh, boring Blake Bortles. Oh. So on Sunday... You really have scratched the bottom of the barrel if you're dragging Bortles direct facts out. I just I think this is really relevant to what's going on in Jacksonville right now and can play a little bit into the high trade. So boring Blake Bortles led the Jaguars in rushing on Sunday at Wembley with 43 yards. Since Bortles entered the NFL in 2014, the Jaguars are 2-11 and 11 when Bortles leads the team in rushing, including postseason games. That is very Jags relevant. So, if you've got a team that are struggling, thanks for the music. Nick. Sorry about that. that was just a bit of dramatic. Uh... <laughs> boring Blake Bortles. You now made him excited just for that. So yeah, as a, as a result of that, if they don't sort this run game out with Noodle Legs and Hyde and Yeldon, then Blech. then you know that they're going to fish last in their division. Interesting. Do better next week. That was a, a poor Murph on the streets. I'm just going to say on behalf of the Rush Nation. Thanks, mate. Talking of Rush Nation, go get, a, go find us, boys, girls, everyone listening. We're on all of the aforementioned podcasts. We're, we're pretty much everywhere now. Ask your Google Assistant to play Five Yard Rush podcast, and they will do so. It's good fun. I've done it several times. Just don't do it when you're near your phone, because they both start doing it. Although, do, because then we get double plays. Yes. Go find us on social media. It's at Five Yard Rush. Like we said before, it's why. A R D rush now. Murph's in con- well, Murph and Sparky are in control of that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much us for the Tuesday. We're back on Thursday. I bet you can't wait to hear our voices, boys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming along, Nick. See you on Thursday. See you then, Murph. Same to you. See you Thursday. See you there, mate. Until next week, Rush Nation. Keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.